0: All bad things.
1: Tragedies, disasters. Bad. Bad things.
0: Trigger warning for everything possible. What? (laughs) Yeah. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And I'm Sarah. And this is All Bad Things.
1: Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our new setup.
0: <laughs> yes, you can probably tell by how echoey it yeah, is. I was
1: just going to say, can you hear the difference?
0: <laughs> They're like, yes, and it's not good. Yeah, it
1: probably isn't, but we have no, no choice because we have the fun, some of the fun new toys are home. Yes, Not the all computer. of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and we decided not to subject Sarah to being shoved in our, around a terrible computer in our bedroom. Hunched over. Yes. It's nice to be sitting in a chair and not on the bed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we've had both you and James like hunched <laughs> to yes, do that. Yes, we have. That's right. Yeah, sorry, I'm turning us down. It's professional operation we're running here. Yes, it is. So if it's echoey or like It's going to be it's going to be. That's why. We'll figure it out down the load down the load.
1: Down the load. <laughs>
0: down, the line. Yes, we or, will. down the line. Down the Rhine, down the load.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes, eventually I think we are going to follow through with making our second room a like a proper studio.
0: Well a whole like, office some... that can be used with for a studio, yes. Either way. <laughs> they, they
1: know what I'm saying.
0: Sure, they do. <laughs>
1: but um, um, but yes, we, we have the, the the very fancy, very huge... Uh, it's a very large computer. Yes. Very I, large. I can see how you got a lot of taxes done.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Because you could probably have like 17 tax documents at a well, time. Well, I have on a second
0: s- monitor, too. Well, there you go. Yeah.
1: So, so. 34.
0: Yes. <laughs> Um, follow us, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at allbadthingspod, email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com, join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord, oh, and you can follow us on TikTok at allbadthingspod now. And
1: hopefully very soon on Twitch.
0: Oh, yeah, we're going to maybe experiment with that. Yes, we are. <laughs> we'll we'll maybe see. Maybe not tonight. Yeah, probably, probably not tonight. <laughs> we're going to be up late recording, so. Yes. Um, I'm on the Discord. You are on this yeah. Shout outs to my friends Lee, Hannah, and Lizbeth. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I, I, <laughs> I don't <have>, talk <laughs> I have
1: never been on our Discord. <laughs> I've
0: never I don't think I've ever spoken to them, but I just have the notifications on and I just like to see your little chitter chatters in the background. Aww, keeps me company. I, I honestly
1: want to check it out when I just don't know how to. Like oh, wait, I really do show you. It's, okay. Yeah, I can show you. Yeah. I, I sound like bad. I sound like a forty four year old man. <laughs> you
0: sound like an almost forty five year old man. What? Hmm?
1: who? Yeah.
0: Speaking of birthdays, yes. this episode is coming out on Sarah's birthday. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway.
1: She's like, I can't contain my excitement.
0: When you've had four birthdays, yeah, then it's not, not as exciting. Yeah, I, I,
1: would know, I would not know anything about it.
0: <laughs> You're older than both of us. Huh? What? Hmm? No. Nah. Uh, before we get into that, though, real quick, um, finally trying to get our second annual anti-capitalist gift exchange extravaganza. Was that the proper term? Sure. I like the sound uh, of that. One. Anti-capitalist holiday gift exchange extravaganza bonanza. Yes. That's what it's called. Yes. Oh-rama. oh Orama <laughs> Yes.
1: Featuring electric boogaloo. <laughs>
0: yes. Um So if you would like to participate, it's just a gift exchange, but a nice nice one um, with no pressure. Uh, You can, let's see, email us at allbadthingspod at gmail. Email us your full name, like your name that something would get to you in the mail if somebody used. Your mailing address to receive your gift. And if you would like to, so the one thing that we're kind of like using some feedback on from last year is some people felt kind of stymied as to what to get people because they didn't necessarily know anything about the person they were getting a gift for. So if you would like, you can share something about yourself that might give somebody some insight. It could be like a little bio or um, like, I collect 18th century cutlery or, you know, something <laughs> random. Oh, you too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who does it? Yeah. <laughs> Mid century crockery. I don't know why it's all cooking. Mid century but...
1: crocheting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> doilies. Send yes. me doilies. Yes. Uh, imagine collecting that. Your house. Your house. I know. Somebody does. There's at least
1: one person on earth that does. <laughs> probably Do you think two.
0: doilies will die out? I haven't seen a doily in twenty years. I know, not since I moved our grandparents out of the house. I've seen a doily, but anyway, that might give somebody some insight as to what you may enjoy, so that they can shop for you a little more or make for you a little more personally. Um, do remember that uh, the whole point is to enjoy the gift exchange. So if you can't afford postage or something. Um, shout us out. We'll help you out. It does not, there's no, there's no like money limit, but that's because it's not supposed to be, this is anti-capitalist. It's not supposed to be something like extravagant or anything. It's something thoughtful, something nice, something homemade, something that you think the other person would like based on their information or that like share something about you. Like, uh, oh, I make knitted caps, so I'm gonna make my person a knitted cap, you know, something like that. Um, and then also, your address will be given to your giver, obviously, and you will receive an address t- to your recipient. And everybody's promising that they're not gonna use that address for any other purpose unless they have the other person's full consent. That's just a little disclaimer. We had zero problems last year, so I don't anticipate that and it's meant to be super fun and not a drag so if anybody needs to tap out or anything just let us know that that's okay you don't have to don't feel like this is some sort of a mandate or anything and the reason we're ramping it up this early is so that things have time to get to the Falkland Islands. (laughs) We have international recipients and such so we want to make sure everybody's gift gets a chance to get to its recipients so we'll probably... Close it off, I don't know, <laughs> like end of October? Does that make sense? I'm asking you guys uh, for input. because like then, three weeks. That's like three weeks, yeah. So probably um, around Halloween, if you're a late comer, that's okay. We'll try and squeeze you in. Worst case scenario, we'll make you send us a gift and we'll send you one. So, All right, that's that. So... Birthday celebrations. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking a gift from my brother-in-law. I don't call him that ever. I <laughs> Cheers. I usually say my sister's husband. <laughs> I um, like that. New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. It has a Skellington on the front. So a Skellington? Kind, of, kind of Halloweeny. It is. Yeah, that's true. A little true. bit. That's true.
1: That's a, that's a good IPA. Uh, I'm not a big IPA fan, but that that one.
0: But you drink. I, I hope you are enjoying it. Yes, I am very I nice. am drinking
1: the finest American
0: national local beer. That's the one. Mm-hmm. It's Miller time. Yes, it is. I am drinking a Harris Teeter black cherry seltzer. Yes. <laughs> um, because I'm trying to sleep better at night, and I feel like alcohol. Interferes with some of that, and also we do actually have a fair number of listeners who don't drink. So this uh, this not bud is for you. There you go. <laughs> this seltzer is for you. Whatever one star ratings we get, it won't be. They were all audibly drunk. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> only only two thirds were. No. <laughs> um, so in honor of Sarah's birthday uh you picked the topic i did yeah and helped out with the research too yeah 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 Yeah. you will have well i'll 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 save my judgment (laughs) so you're gonna grade me essentially i mean we're constantly judging each other are we not we're siblings (laughs) exactly um but uh this is gonna be a two-parter for sure the source documents for this were very dense and had a lot of information. Um, but what made you, how did you find, well, first of all, let's announce the topic, because it will make yes. no.
1: And I have no idea. Yep.
0: And, and then you can tell us how you like came up with this topic. So this is the story of the Therac 25. I feel like it's Therac, right? Or Therac? Theras? No, it's got to be no, Therac yeah. uh-huh. 25. So have you ever heard? I certainly had never heard Was of it this. it a ship? It sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, no, it's a machine. Okay. So... Oh, no. Did, huh? the,
1: did, the, did, the <laughs> did the war against the machines already start? Did it become sentient and kill <laughs> yes. everybody
0: off? No, not in this case. Um, not yet, anyway. So where did you... How did you come across this paper that we used as one of our primary sources? Google, but generally, I think I just had looked up disasters caused by the literal code of computers okay. Okay. so miscoding sure. or happens you mm-hmm. know untested yep. or uh there's been instances where um rockets had u.s measurements but they were using oh, metrics no. and things yes. like oh, that no. just that sort of uh, myth- disconnect between the code and the human wow well, especially
1: if you have international people working on the code because yep. yeah. they're yeah, wires are getting crossed all over the place.
0: So, and why, can you tell our listeners why you were looking up coding disasters? Um, I code. I code a lot. I code a lot for my job. I'm also um, in school for computer science, so uh, it's just something I'm generally interested in. I think um, I never want to code anything that's life-threatening mm-hmm. in any way. But, uh, a, oh, yeah, spoiler not, not alert. Not on purpose, anyway. Spoiler alert. <laughs> lives are threatened and lost over this machine that's what i I, I had a feeling Yep. so yeah let me do the intro we can learn a little bit thank you Mm -hmm. all right so from the summer of 1985 to january 1987 a radiation therapy machine called the therac 25 majorly overdosed six people with radiation no shit! in what has come to be known as a landmark case of software programming gone horribly awry three died wow. spoiler alert from That's this fucking crazy yeah yeah uh, so the war
1: against machines did begin well we, we just we just didn't know it
0: no it was this human is cause this very is fucking human nuts clause. So, uh... I'm,
1: I'm really happy you <coughs> looked up this disaster.
0: Well, there we go. So, main sources, uh, the American... Well, I guess I should say, like, little extra sources were the American Cancer Society, the Centers for Disease Control, CGR International, ComputingCase.org, the article Theric 25 Case Narrative and Teaching Tools, uh, Fatal Dose, Radiation Deaths Linked to ACL Computer Errors by Barbara Wade Rose, Hackaday, um... The National Institutes of Health science questions with surprising answers by Doctor <laughs> Doctor Christopher S Baird and Wikipedia, but the prime sources were two papers that are actually substantially similar. Um, the prime the main author is uh, Nancy Levison, a queen. She's, She's such a good mm-hmm. research paper writer. Yeah, it was a really it was a good narrative. Yeah. Like it was not dry. It was well written. Um, So those two papers were, the one that was just written by her was Medical Devices, the Therac-25. And then the one that she had a co-author with, um, the co-author was Clark Turner, was An Investigation of the Therac-25 Accidents. So that's where a huge bulk of the information is coming from. So So, I start out with A Brief History and Explainer of Cancer and Radiation (laughs) Therapy. You know, just, let's start just really, light. Just really light. brief. Yes, yeah, <laughs> light and easy. Light and easy. So, um, so yes, to attempt to call any anything involving explaining cancer or radiation, like, brief or simple. We
1: have explained radiation <laughs> we before. We have, and I forget it every I, time yeah, and I don't could,
0: understand yeah. it to this day. Yeah. And I think it's generally understood that people treat cancer with radiation. Sure. Well, That's one don't of the, spoil okay. my, like, next three paragraphs. I thought people knew that. Well, I'm explaining why. Okay. <laughs> E-L-I-F. Like, yes, <laughs> you didn't look. I said right there. Read its Eli Five in Wikipedia. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, cancer. What is cancer? Anybody?
1: I guess you know what you yes, It's it's when so your body breaks down yes. of cells. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you that too.
0: Specifically, overgrowth of cells. Mm. So it's an interruption of the body's cells growth cycle on a genetic level. Um there are 37 tr- over 37 trillion cells in the human body um and sometimes that cycle that that natural birth growth death cycle of cells uh which are constantly regenerating goes haywire they grow in a way they shouldn't they go places they shouldn't at a rate that they shouldn't and that can shut organs down shut the body down eventually so it can cause uh it's a it's a human coding error, isn't it? It is. It's a very analogous yes. to the coding <laughs> errors of this machine and to the um, body miscode of yeah. cancer. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's lots of causes of cancer. Um, we probably all know genetics, substances, everything in between. Um, most cancers are thought to be caused by environmental or lifestyle factors, Main causes tobacco, nutrition, lack of exercise, and infection. Um, different types of cancer have different outcomes, different likelihoods. Uh, what is, I guessed this, so let's see if anyone else can. What, you, what is the um, worst prognosis for any type of cancer? What type of cancer has the worst prognosis?
1: I, uh...
0: Patrick Swayze.
1: Oh, I don't remember.
0: Pancreatic? Yes. Oh, really? Pancreatic oh, yeah. cancer Zappa. has... That got Zappa, right? Did it? Is that so. what got yeah. him too? Oh. Um, uh, that has a 9% survivability rate after five years. Nah, you're, the, you're done at that point. Basically. That the reason is it usually doesn't show symptoms until the end stages. So it's and it's hard late. to treat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the... Oh, what cancer has a 99% survivability rate after five years? Skin? Actually, I think skin's pretty not great. Oh, well, they could just drop off the part. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, okay, you guess. I
1: have no idea. It's, it's actually I...
0: prostate cancer. Okay, it's very good. slow growing. It's usually screened early on. So it's, I mean, no cancer is good mm-hmm. for the human body, but that's generally more survivable. Um... And then, of course, different types of cancer have different courses of treatment. But treating cancer like on a conceptual level is pretty tough because the idea is you have cells you need to kill, right? These overgrowing cells, but you don't want to kill off the other cells in the body because that's harmful to the body. So you have to like target these cells. Um, And there are lots of different types of medical and alternative therapies. Don't do alternative. No, fasting. just get the medical stuff. Um, if the, don't oh,
1: don't do your own research. Yeah, don't
0: <laughs> no. don't do your own research. Uh, trust the doctors. Yeah. If something makes you just feel better, like you're doing something, do that in addition. Um, but don't do anything stupid like uh, drink. What is silver. it? Colloidal oh. Silver colloidal silver. Or the, um, what's the stuff that people were taking to try and treat COVID? Like horse? Oh, ivermectin? Yeah, horse stuff, whatever. Well, apparently there's an
1: ivermectin for humans, which is what they're taking, but it just is not effective Mm. for COVID. So they're (laughs) literally taking it for no reason.
0: There you go. Um, the, the main, um, treatments for cancer, sort of the big three are surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation therapy. Um, So surgery is best for like targeted areas because you're literally trying to cut out the cells. So something small contained. Chemo can work in a lot of cases. And a lot of times these therapies are combined, right? Chemo can work, but it also is obviously known for its wicked side effects because it can't literally target cancer. So it can harm other cells too. Has a lot of side effects, vomiting, um, hair loss, immunosuppression, things like that um radiation is the use of targeted ionizing radiation to kill cancer within the body and that's what we're going to be focusing on because that's what the theric 25 was so what is ionizing radiation you ask (laughs) said nobody uh so uh yes i constantly forget what exactly radiation is but ionizing radiation is radiation that is so concentrated, it can remove an electron from an atom. Ooh, yes. Mm. That sounds
1: really important.
0: Well, what it does mean <laughs> at a more, like, lay person level, lay person explaining to lay people level, um, is it can change the chemical, com- well, the it can change the composition of atoms. Like, it didn't actually change things at a very molecular level, um, which is pretty weird. It
1: doesn't do (laughs) shape-shifting.
0: It it, shape-shifts molecules. You could see it that way. Okay. All right.
1: Well, then it does shape-shift.
0: And it's called ionizing because when a molecule loses or gains an electron, it is called an ion because it now has an electrical charge because its molecular balance is thrown off because usually an atom has the same number of protons and Mm -hmm. electrons. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Where is Hannah? I don't know. <laughs> we get on disco. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So I literally wrote, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but it sounds mind blowing. <laughs> yes, I would, I would say that. Um, and all, it, it is. It's changing the chemistry of cells, but it can harm cells, obviously. But that means it can harm cancer cells It can harm bad cells which is good because then it can kill them off and get rid of them there are several forms of ionizing radiation including x-rays gamma rays and high-speed electrons um there are natural sources of ionizing radiation radioactive decay and cosmic rays which are a thing from the sun (laughs) according to wikipedia um that exposes us all to radiation all the time. But then there are, of course, lots of man-made sources, including x-rays, as in like what we think of as an x-ray, like the diagnostic image, um, and nuclear power plants also. X-rays were first observed back in 1869, but they were not understood at the time. The scientist who's credited with sort of discovering x-rays was Wilhelm Conrad Röntgen, who, oh, okay. who, who, who was from Bolivia. No, I'm kidding. He was German. <laughs> Just in case the name, mm-hmm. the name didn't give that away. Um, he was a mechanical engineer and physicist who made his breakthrough in 1895. And can you guess why he called them x-rays? It has to do with math. What does X mean? The unknown it's a variable. Yep, and he named it after an unknown variable. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So they're X. Rays. I thought
1: he was the guy that invented um, um, the dosimeter. That detec- Wilhelm. That, what's his name? Yeah, that detects radiation, but I guess that was somebody else.
0: I don't know. Maybe it was. I just don't know any more about him other than oh, he discovered x yeah. How <laughs> long did he live? <laughs> yeah, right. we haven't even gotten to the self experimentation of oh, uh, yeah early radiologists. Oh. Yeah. Well, we know Madame Curie died of yeah. which who we're going to mention in a sec. Um, so that was. In 1895, and the very next year, even though they didn't really understand the biological functions and molecular functions of x-rays exactly, apparently they were already trying to use it to treat cancer, Tried mm-hmm. to use it to treat breast cancer in a patient. Um, well, we, Emil we, Gruba.
1: We also learned in our radium girls episode that radium was used to treat cancer. Mm-hmm. It was one of the earliest.
0: A lot of radiation mm-hmm. was used as a cure-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little scary for a while. It was used
1: amongst for other things, which wound up being even more fatal. Yeah. But it was also used as like a, as like a radiation therapy.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now the f- so, I also saw a source. You just why don't you oh, okay. just go over
1: because well, i know you get distracted
0: uh, well i'm distracted with you doing the timeout thing oh <laughs> well, and we can just keep going so david's walking to the fridge <laughs> right now Turn on the sink i know he was rinsing out the can yeah everybody's getting a little a little insight into our routine <laughs> here i'm sure it's scintillating and that will get lots of positive reviews for it,
1: it should. <laughs> it's literally right behind me it's, it's glorious
0: you just like having it. Well, it is kind okay, of nice. Okay, go, go ahead. There we go.
1: <laughs> Head for the mouth. Oh, no way, that's bush.
0: <laughs> so um, I should note that I did see some sources say that the fact that x-rays were used that quickly for cancer is considered apocryphal by some people, but the NIH <laughs> in a peer-reviewed paper actually mentioned it, so I feel like it's... Credible. Yeah. At least possible. So, yes, radiation was becoming a thing into the 20th century. Madame and Pierre Curie worked with radium. X rays continued to be used to treat cancer. Radiation and radium were used as a cure all. We've gone into all that. World War II obviously mm-hmm. saw a leap in advancement of harm- harnessing and using radiation. And, uh, and gradually, like radiation therapy and the application of radiation became a little more refined. Some really bizarre experimentation was included in this, although not as bizarre as when we talked about hormones and the guy injected uh, rat blood and semen into himself. Ugh. That was disgusting. You remember that? That's we right. Talked about... My God, I forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. I
1: probably forgot about that for a reason. Yeah, it I tried it was to awful. erase it from my mind immediately. Yeah.
0: This... Thanks for bringing it up. No problem. <laughs> this experimentation was bad, but it wasn't, like, that bad. Basically, scientists used their own arms to test radiation. And they're like, oh, if it starts to turn pink, it's yeah, working. Yeah. If I and start a lot to glow. of them... If I start to glow. A lot of them gave themselves leukemia <laughs> doing this. So, yeah. That was fun. So, the main problem in early radiation therapy was isolating the area to treat So surgery, you know, you can be precise. Chemo just kind of like targets the whole system. That's not saying it's ineffective there. And they've certainly refined it quite a bit, especially in modern days. Uh, Radiation was kind of somewhere in the middle. But that was because there was only 2D imagery available for a long time. That changed in 1971 with the creation of 3D imaging, through computed tomography or ct if you ever heard of a ct scan mm, that's, that's yep. what it is it's a 3d image using radiation um have you ever you gotten a ct before never, uh, nope. so i've I, gotten x-rays but i've never gotten a ct so i have um remember when i had that mystery abdominal pain a couple right, years ago yeah
1: that we never found out.
0: never found out what yeah. it was um they they gave me a ct scan and it's a you're put on a table at at least this version of one that i got and there's like a hoop that goes Mm -hmm. around you and it's It's radiation
1: that's a 3d camera
0: yeah, basically using yeah. radiation. Mm-hmm. And then they can use um, contrast dye, which they did for me. They injected it, but it can also be um, ingested or depending on like what they're trying to image, it can be used as an enema too.
1: Also a very funny uh, inside joke on The Simpsons one time.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. You huh? had to get a a dye for a, a procedure he was going to have, but because he, he glow in the dark because well, he was working, he worked the, at the nu- he already had the dye like in his body was kind of, joke. what's
0: his name? Um, Homer, Homer. Yes. Cause he worked at like a nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. The doctor goes to inject him and he's like, uh, he's like, I didn't inject him yet. And he's, he's, already, <laughs> he's already, he's already glowing. glowing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, So basically the dye, the dye is actually made of a silver, well, it's based with a silver metal that shows up. Um, It's, the metal is normally toxic to the human body, but they figured out a way to like neutralize it basically. Um, And it can help visualize things like inflammation.
1: That's one of the things uh, we always have to test for is metals. Mm. And everything I've made.
0: Yeah, well, because it's stuff body products.
1: And it's so finite. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't take a whole lot to.
0: Well, and I'm sure there are FDA limits on how much of something can be. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, well, the big plus of a CT scan is that you can image the human body on uh, any plane. So it's a 3D image, which means you can pinpoint cancer a lot more accurately. Yeah. So what what really struck me is, okay, so we know radiation can cause cancer, radiation can find cancer, and radiation can help cancer, can treat cancer, which I I just found that really weird, you know, that it can kind of do everything. Um, And in general, CT scans do contain more radiation. They dose a patient with more radiation than... a 2D image, like an x-ray. For most people, that's the most radiation they'll be exposed to is through a CT scan. And obviously, if somebody has an ongoing health problem, that could be pretty frequent and build up quite a bit. So while radiation was being honed and exploited during the 20th century, devices to harness it were also being developed, including something called the linear accelerator or the LINEC. Linac, I'm pretty sure. So the concept of the LYNEC dates back to around the 20s, the 1920s, but medical applications were first used in 1952. And I feel like we talked about particle accelerators in Chernobyl.
1: We probably covered it For in right. one of those four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but just to recap.
1: I'm not going to go back and listen. No, that's okay. <laughs> Neither am
0: I. A linear accelerator. Somebody tell us. <laughs> a linear accelerator is a type of particle accelerator and to just completely massively oversimplify this it whips up particles and creates a highly concentrated beam of radium
1: of course it does
0: that, or radiation rather yeah, that's who, what it does who doesn't know that i'm pretty sure i mentioned this in chernobyl too. the large uh hadron collider in uh, Switzerland, the CERN, the big giant particle accelerator is a particle accelerator. There's one in Sanford, too, I think. Really? really? Sanford. Sanf- Stanford. Like the university? Uh, the It's like two miles long. <gasps> yeah.
1: No shit. Yeah. I thought you when you said Sanford, I was going to be Sorry, like, no. Sanford, Stanford. Sanford, North Carolina. Stanford. There is a
0: Sanford around here, so I get them in my head. Mixed. Yeah. So, basically, the San Francisco Bay Area has a two-mile... I believe Wide so, particle yeah. accelerator. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Um, but you can see how a highly concentrated beam of radiation would be very helpful in radiation therapy because you could detect a more precise location of cancerous cells through CT imaging and then blast into the cancerous cells in a much more concentrated and precise manner. Like I said, this is big oversimplification I'll do apologies to nuclear physicists who are clearly not listening to this anyway.
1: Hey, you never know. Like we, if you we are know. nuclear, are. Physicist, we know. We know. If you are know. nuclear
0: physicists, we do have some smart people. We do. We, <laughs> we have, do some, have some. We have some people
1: listeners. in certain career fields that I'm like, really? I know. Why are you listening yeah, to I'm us?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. So, so it's possible yeah. if you are. There please might, reach out to us.
1: There might be one.
0: There could be one. Probably What not. if Neil deGrasse Tyson listens? He be, doesn't. He, does. he doesn't. There's no way he does. No. And
1: if he does, he hasn't shouted us out yet. And that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <sighs> ah. um, the other thing about the LINAC, uh, so it's used in in radiation therapy, and it can use two different types of, of uh, radiation. Uh, one that is like a little more surface. It only reaches so far into the body and that uses accelerated electrons and then x-ray photons can dig deeper into the body when needed so basically you're you can control the intensity why are you sm- can, smirking like can
1: you imagine trying to explain this to somebody in like 1750 they'd be like what, mm. they're like, what the fuck are you well, talking about well you have to start they're, 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 no they'd be like you're a witch yeah <laughs> like, you'd be dead <laughs> yeah just be dead like are you from the future obviously
0: <laughs> no you're a witch let's see yeah. if you float yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. should we burn him or drown him? or do both yeah. at the same time
0: I... <laughs> get me newton let's <laughs> speak to newton yeah Um, like
1: you just said all that i'm like somebody had to figure that out like who were those people many people
0: had to figure it out over many years (laughs) yeah Yeah. standing on the shoulder of the giants or whatever the saying Mm -hmm. is absolutely that's all science so because the body is being treated by radiation side effects are common especially a mild skin reaction like a sunburn Itching, redness, peeling, Um, depending on the part of the body being treated. It can also cause other effects like nausea or hair loss. And there are usually like a series of treatments over multiple weeks. So (laughs) now that we've gone through radiation therapy. No, we haven't ourselves gone through radiation. Oh my goodness. Okay. So one (laughs) of the companies involved in the business of radiotherapy... Uh, is, still to this day, Atomic Energy of Canada Limited, or AECL. And AECL is a crown corporation.
1: I've heard of them.
0: Really? You've heard of a yes. crown corporation? Crown, yeah. Do mm-hmm. you know what it means? Mm-hmm. So it's basically a company that is owned by the Canadian government. Oh, okay. Well, so, oh, yeah. And I shouldn't say just the Canadian government. It's a term used in other Commonwealth countries. Uh So, like, a state-run company, which we have in the States, too. It's just they're called not Crown Corporations because Revolutionary War. It is located...
1: (laughs) That was the reason. Yes, that's the reason.
0: (laughs) It was located in Chalk River, Ontario, which is about 180 kilometers or 110 miles west-northwest of Ottawa, which would be the capital of Canada. Yes, it is. I know that. It's not Toronto.
1: It's not.
0: Not at all. Um, Should be. Well, it's the biggest city, right? It Isn't is Toronto?
1: By, yes, yeah. by a lot.
0: So in the early 1970s, production was starting for the company's most famous product, the Do reactor, which is C-A-N-D-U. It stood for Canada Deuterium Uranium. But it sounds like, you know, you got to have a can-do attitude a can-do reactor.
1: Yes, you do have to have a can-do reactor. <laughs> yes, yes. It <laughs> must do all the it, time. Because perfectly. if it doesn't do, then everybody's dead.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, but also around this time in 1971, which if you'll remember is the same year that uh, computed tomography was invented, CT was invented, AECL went into partnership with a French company called CGR. Uh CGR, which is now called CGR International, not 100% sure if it was called that back then, but the paper just kept calling it CGR. Anyway, uh, is a French company. I think I already said that. It was founded in 1963, and I'm just going to have to quote their website about what they do. (laughs) Quote, We specialize in co-engineering and serial production of mechanical and mechatronic components by cold transformation and overfolding of metal. End quote. I think they that do metal fabrication for, but like also engineering and manufacturing. And
1: make stacks on stacks on stacks. Stacks
0: on stacks on stacks.
1: In the meantime, that's
0: exactly right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think that's what they do. Anyway, acl and CGR were partnering up to make Linux to make linear accelerators. And what they were really doing was partnering existing technology of accelerators that C- CGR had already made. They were called the Neptune and the Sagittarius, with newer. Oh, I f- forgot about that complication.
1: No, if you, oh well. you
0: may be able to hear Jesse Pinkman on our enormous cat tree scratching. The sixth time today he's. Oh, he does it a lot. Yes, he does. He, that's he does it to work out his frustration. He, <laughs> he, he uses the the cat tree as his little therapy. Yeah, he's he, just ready for any anything that's gonna come up. Yeah, pretty much. He's he's ready ready to go. <laughs> he just is ready. <laughs> um, so they were part or pairing up the li, uh, the Linux that CGR had made with newer computing technology, specifically. The DEC PDP-11. And that computer was produced by Digital... <laughs> He's doing this on purpose. He might be. He did that on purpose. Yeah. He did that on purpose, Jesse Pinkman. Uh, the um, Digital Equipment Corporation, DEC, uh, that computer was made by them, and it was a 16-bit programmed data processor. And then I put in parentheses, Sarah explains <laughs> You have the floor it sounds
1: it sounds like a hot ticket for the time though.
0: Yes, yes, it was. 16
1: I'm... bits all the way back then. Hmm.
0: Yeah, at that point, it was just about making your computer bigger, faster, and stronger in the sense that the physical memory of your computer needed to be big enough to run these complex programs, which prior to now, <laughs> I'm going to take that away from <laughs> that. yeah <Keep> <laughs> they hadn't been able to. So. He never played I was gonna say he
1: hasn't played with that thing in like years. And now that we're now that we're recording out in the living room or not in the living room, in the kitchen for the first time. Okay. Because we have recorded our uh ask us episodes, I think, in the living room, just yes. stop your iPhone.
0: Yes. <laughs> Sorry, proceed. Yeah, I don't think it's important to the story to know exactly how it works, just that it was probably super hot tech at that time Mm. that was exciting and new. It was still
1: super hot tech in like
0: 1981. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would say I don't know this for sure, but it was kind of just like what we would be used to in our calculator today. (laughs) I mean, it was not that... Strong or important, but... How, this may. This is a really dumb question. How many bits are we up to now? Oh <laughs> like, what's that mean? Well, we've
1: moved on to terabytes, and, like, we don't even count well, bits anymore. Well, for storage,
0: but, like, processing... It's the same thing with your processing speed, oh, okay. is how many um, little tiny bits are okay. on your processor and how fast it can you know iterate over yeah, there's okay. what
1: there's what now like millions of them millions yeah, and trillions not, and, not 16 and, and the the <laughs>
0: you know if you're talking about your cpu and the the threads or the cores how many concurrent processing code that it can do so mm-hmm. um these are very very basic still but we're very um important when you're moving from tubes to tape to, yeah. OK, now we're finally into the actual um, processors. OK. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and this, the DEC PDP-11 was called a mini computer, mm. but it was approximately the size of a vending machine. <laughs> Versus I a room. I was gonna say, a room. going to say. That's the thing. Do you mind pulling up a picture of the DEC PDP eleven? I meant to put integrate my pictures, and then I totally didn't. It might take me a sec. That's okay. Um, but yes, exactly. It it was no longer taking up a room. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now that, now and it that, shows that's tape a... too, real to real tape. Now
1: that's what I call progress. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So yeah, it, it was it was progress. Yes. So the idea was to pair this computer with the Linux, resulting in two models of computer assisted Linux, this Therac 6 and the Therac 20.
1: I feel like those are the computers that you see like in a 1970s movie where they show like a newsroom.
0: Yeah. Like yeah.
1: like that's what they have.
0: It's beyond the I think I feel like it's Jesse
1: He's, a, he's, he's okay. such a shit. Yeah, he is.
0: The, I feel like it's um, beyond the punch card program. It is. Just a little. Point, right? A mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. So, I guess, yeah, I guess it is progress.
1: Like, punch cards were so last year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, they were pairing this computer with the Linux, but it wasn't integrated. So, like, the Linux could be used without the software the of the Therac 6 and the Therac 20, that is. Um, now, what is he doing? Just, oh my god. He, it sounded like tearing.
1: I don't know. He,
0: What is he doing? He knows. Know. Jesse! <laughs> Jesse, what is that?
1: What is he doing?
0: He tore, he tore the price sticker off the bottom of our rug. Okay. How did that happen? Okay. <laughs> Such, this is we're winning a peabody for this. <laughs> so also during the 1980s, AECL developed a new technology known as double pass electron acceleration. So basically, the longer the machine, the LINAC, the more concentrated of a beam of radiation it can produce. Well, this new technology could basically fold the beam multiple times. So, it didn't need to be so long, but it I could have used powerful beam. I wonder if it used mirrors because it uses yeah. magnets to accelerate the particles. So, I wonder if it used a mirror? I don't know. And I had a hard <laughs> time finding anything other than extremely technical sources mm-hmm. that I couldn't understand. There was, I did Google ELI5 double pass <laughs> <like> acceleration <laughs> and nothing came up. So, um, but the upshot for business is that it could make a Linac be smaller, therefore more economical, cheaper to produce, and easier to produce. So after creating the Therac 20, AECL and CGR decided mutually to not renew their 10 year cooperative agreement. They went their separate ways in 1981. And AECL decided to use their double pass technology in the next generation of the Therac. The Therac-25. The benefits of the new technology were clear as the Therac-25 was more compact and easier to use. But that wasn't the only tweak to the Therac in the new generation. This was the first Therac specifically designed to be used with the computer. So this was an integrated system of uh, mechanical... Like
1: an uh, an attachment, sort of.
0: Well, like it is run by the computer. Mm A mechanical piece of machinery (laughs) mechanical machinery you know mechanical Um,
1: mechanical animals
0: (laughs) uh, being run by software operated and handled by software
1: that's not going to become important no. At all.
0: No. No. <laughs> Such a big step. Can you imagine? It is a huge step. Like, we won't even get into computer-driven cars at no. this mm-hmm. point. But these people were going, you know what? Computers and this radiation beam. Let's, Let's do, it. do heaven. it. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> yeah. figure this Ooh. out. Let's go for it. Put your mind to it. Go for it. Get down and break a sweat. so <laughs>
1: I actually know that reference.
0: Rock and roll,
1: yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that uh, Saved by the Bell? Yes, it yeah. was. I'm so the excited. The Adderall episode. Or... Yes,
0: the caffeine pill. <laughs> yeah, the
1: caffeine pills. Better stay away from those oh. kids. The kids today are like, oh, we got way better drugs than that, Mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the Therac was no longer a standalone device. It needed the PDP-11. And that included that it needed the computer... For certain safety measures, which were no longer Mm. tasked to the hardware but to the software, and this was also becoming more common culturally in business. Also, skimping on hardware is cheaper because if the software can do the heavy lifting, it's not like software's and software programming is inexpensive. But at least you're not needing like literal raw materials and manufacturing. And you're
1: actually also talking about a time where the hardware is more expensive. For sure.
0: Well, yeah. The software
1: is not cheap on its own. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let's be fair, but the hardware mm-hmm. itself was just, like, ridiculously.
0: Yeah, well, it hadn't been streamlined as much. Exactly. As... Yeah. Yeah. So, the Therac 25 looked like, and do you mind, could you do me a favor? Do you mind looking up the, a picture of the Therac 25? Okay? That's the turntable. Oh. The actual machine, which we will get to the turntable. was a big deal. They'll also describe it if you just put it in Google Images. There's a picture of um, like a few medical professionals in black and white standing by it. Um, It kind of helps give some of the scale, but yeah, that one. So basically, oh okay, you know what it looks like? It looks like a stand-up mixer. Yeah, just giant, irradiated. Yeah. <laughs> it it kind of does, yeah, <laughs> yes. It is giant. It's like an upside-down L you, shape.
1: you put yourself in the top of it, and it just spun you around.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it it
1: that is kind of what it looks like, though. Now,
0: first, I could not find specs on its measurements, but I would guess it's like 8, 9 feet tall. I
1: was, I was going to say minimum of 10. Maybe. Because that woman's probably, let's just be... Probably five, five feet. Let's like just be... So five and, if you, and a
0: half. Yeah. I'd say um, it's hard. We need that guy from TikTok yes, who we can do. Um, measure things in relation to scale. I would, say like it's, really good at I would
1: say it's 10 feet tall and 15 feet long, is what I would say.
0: Maybe-ish? Yeah. Eh, it's not terrible. Maybe a few feet wide, like four feet wide, something like three, yeah. four feet wide. Um, so the patient... <laughs>
1: We can start like the opposite of that guy's TikTok is like make the most embarrassing, <laughs> make the most embarrassing measurements, measurements under. off of no science and just trying to
0: figure it out. Who's gonna correct us? Nobody's <laughs> using these machines anymore. Nobody knows.
1: People will Nobody just send us knows. photos and be like, "That rock is fifty-five feet long." <laughs> Is it, it's actually a pebble.
0: In that's, this picture, it's on carpet. It looks like it's in a in a hotel conference room. I well, don't it's understand it's a therapy it. room. It, that's probably just what they did back yeah. then. They made I, questionable decor yeah. choices. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. The 70s <laughs> in hospitals in Yep. Um, so basically, the patient sits on a table, and then the the machine can be maneuvered around to get to the part of the patient that needs to be treated. So now we're going to get to the turntable, which was that other diagram that you were looking at. So basically on the mixer part that like hovers over the patient, there's this turntable. And uh, this turntable... Very much looks like that, too. Yeah, it controls the type of radiation that the patient receives. Um, So there are basically... uh, it was a dual-mode machine. It could do both the super fit, more superficial um, accelerated electron treatment or the X-ray photons, which was deeper. Um, the turntable had scanning magnets that controlled the concentration and the filtration of the radiation onto the patient. So that's kind of how it um, controlled the dosage and dosage type that the, um, that the patient received. And it had... Three micro-switches, which... It, do you know what a micro-switch is? Are they literally, like, little tiny light switches? <laughs> That's really? what I'm thinking. I can't tell from this. Or if maybe they mean that it's more of a, um... Like, a computer circuit thing? Is it a hardware thing? Like, it would switch between... I think like it it's would get a thrown? hardware thing. Yeah, that I makes think sense. I think it's a hardware thing. It makes sense that it would be a switch that the... A literal switch, yeah. yeah it, it, that could be. Um... But anyway, these three micro switches controlled the three modes of the machine. So there was the um, accelerated electron, the more superficial radiation, the X ray photons, which are the deeper radiation, and then a completely neutral light called the field light mode that just bounced. It bounced a regular old light off of a mirror onto the patient so that the um, technician could visualize where the radiation would go once it was engaged. So. Um, the, contru- the turntable was controlled by the microswitches and a plunger. So the microswitch would indicate which mode the machine should be in, and the plunger would lock the table into that position, and the patient would get whatever the dosage was, or nothing in the case of the field light. In previous versions of the Therac, this crucial turntable was manually controlled with interlocks. So somebody literally like turned it, Locked it into place and then that was how it was determined what the um, what position it was in based on the, the dosage that was required. But with the new computer integrated Therac-25, this task was completed through software control. Uh, to be properly integrated, the mechanics of the turntable had to be in the right position for filtering the radiation and the computer had to control the intensity of the radiation. Obviously, this is crucial because, oh, it may be bad news if the computer put out a high dose of radiation while the turntable was using the equipment for the lighter dosage or even just the field light, right? Wouldn't that be terrible? Good thing that didn't happen. Oh, wait. So as for... Okay, this next paragraph starts. As for the software... <laughs> um, so... Uh I don't know how much you read Sarah but like I I had read very specifically that ACL did not say okay let's start from scratch and write a program for the Therac 25 that they started basically with the base of the Therac 6's software mm-hmm. and then patched in some of the Therac 20's and then patched in some original code how how common is that to like patchwork software is that pretty Co- right? it's common yeah. um to start over with a, mm. a program that is already usable like windows uh-huh. you know windows doesn't reinvent itself every time it, uh, it increments up um I would think in this case it should have like it's it's indicated in some cases to if it's a completely different yeah situation it's integrated in mm-hmm. this situation not a separate it system. makes sense to uh, but then also it's cheaper to yeah not start from scratch and um I, I don't know I don't know what it would be like are they just splicing together pieces of tape <laughs> I don't know how you would splice right. uh that kind of program together or patch it. It's interesting, interesting to think about. Um, but I just feel like it was probably cost-saving measure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there seemed to be a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the software was also done by one developer over the course of several years. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that sounds like a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, isn't there a really good reason why, like, software is developed by Teams? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole point people make about developing software where you should be coding a a very small percentage of your time. A lot of time you should be um, reviewing code and Mm -hmm. reading somebody else's code and figuring out how it works and if it works the best, most efficiently, and testing it Um, and then maintaining code should be your other function. Mm -hmm so really yes it should be reviewed it should be done by teams um i've heard of stories of software people getting like they would you stay up all night. They would get super drunk and they would write really crazy code against themselves where they would just have to like write in um, aggressive code to correct their own mistakes. Sounds about right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the honest. sort of thing that will happen if it's just one person yeah. kind of losing the plot or nobody can know everything. Yeah. But back then, I, I was thinking the reason why this happened was maybe because they were a very limited amount of people in the area world who could have coded this mm. you know now you can get a software developer on fiverr to right. code something for you but back then i can imagine it was a completely different skill set wasn't very common yep that would i guess that would make sense i that i guess a generous interpretation mm. would be that they couldn't find enough people mm-hmm. Um, a less generous interpretation would be that they were trying to save money. Yep. Maybe the truth is somewhere in between. Perhaps. You know that can often be the case. But uh, yeah. So uh, the so, so the here's another thing. The software was built to be real time software. So so here's here's what I deduced from that based on what I could find that basically the software relies on sensors for real-time feedback mm-hmm. of the system that it's, that it's interacting with and the conditions surrounding it. Does that make, is that correct? That's what real-time software is? In this context, I yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would think so, yes. Uh, it sounded like to me what I read was a lot of the software would loop waiting for its input. Uh. So it, uh, the whole thing was that this machine was going through its setup process step by step okay. but the code would run waiting for huh. this the, process. Thing, the the whole the indication that the setup had been completed like okay. okay this piece is in place clink and then the software would be like okay next step mm-hmm. so i i think that might have something to do with it other okay. than the other situation would be like it would all run and then be set up inside of the runtime situation of okay this is where the computer will then take take control and, and actually uh, execute okay it was um executing as real life things were happening which i can see oh, okay. being a big development in this kind of yeah software versus um you know load up the program like in mm. the, the commodore 64 you yeah. load up the program and then run it this was loading waiting Piece move, uh, r- run run run, wait. Piece move, run mm, run run. I think mm-hmm. was the impression I got. Okay, okay. It is weird to go back and like try and piece together previous technology, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what at least what the paper said is that this type of software is was difficult to write and maintain because the sensors involved were sensitive and also malfunctioned easily. Uh, And for that reason, the software had to be pretty robust to make sure it knows how to respond to those malfunctions like display an error message, shut down, whatever. And it also means that the software has to handle a lot of input simultaneously and can't get confused or delayed in receiving or processing all that information. And if there were a lag time like, oh eight 8 seconds, like there was on the THERAC, 25, um, that could cause the THERAC, theoretically and perhaps exactly, uh, to catch up with the dosage instructions inputted by the technician. And that could mean trouble. And it would later be found that there was shockingly or at least inappropriately Little documentation of the software design, plan, or testing. Uh, I don't know within a company that that would be purposeful. I don't know that you'd say, well, technician, we're not going to tell you what this means. I could see it being laziness. I could see it being our software is so good that we don't need documentation. Mm. I can also see it being we don't want this we don't want to explain to anyone how this works or they will steal our secret yeah yeah so nobody's even seen the code to this yeah. like they won't release that mm-hmm. so i can imagine that that would be a reason why you wouldn't want to document because it mm-hmm. would be pretty easy to understand that this is how this works and, replicate and then it. replicate it yeah. yeah huh so aecl did test the software but in a way that included a lot of assumptions about how the software would function in real world conditions at least that's the impression i got yeah i mean you wouldn't run this thing 10,000 times right and ever yeah no yeah. Mm-hmm. you're they're probably looking at outputs so they probably had you know digital outputs of numbers or lights flashing, and then Mm -hmm. they just run cycles and see how that went, which is not replicating real world situations at all. Um, And a lot of this was operator machine disconnect. Hmm. Um, So they probably didn't run it with a, they didn't say, hey, technician, come here, see how you, how does this feel? Would you get faster at this? Would you maybe jump over some Mm -hmm. (laughs) commands? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they also assigned extremely low probabilities of malfunctions, and they used numbers that later would be found there was no statistical or mathematical support for. By all indications, it appears they made them up, or they were (laughs) estimated. (laughs) Didn't they call this, like, the... Unsinkable radio. What did they say? Oh, well, they they just said said it's not, it can't, it's impossible for it to function. Yeah, that's made up. Yeah, that it it was made up, it absolutely was made up. Um, so, like, just about any radiation based medical treatment or diagnostic, the healthcare provider, the technician, left the patient alone in the room to protect themselves. mm, That's normal during treatment to avoid being exposed. radiation they had a tv display like like a really old-fashioned looking tv display and intercom to communicate with uh and monitor the patient from the outside as well as access to the computer operator controls via a dec vt 100 computer terminal so that's just like a monitor and a keyboard right basically Mm -hmm. Except probably really clunky. But back the then, it was it was the future. It was yes. Like, Holy uh-huh. shit! Look at this. Uh huh.
1: We can communicate between different rooms. We
0: sent people to the moon with less technology. Yeah, no which is bonkers. Right? Yeah. Absolutely bonkers. That's
1: why it didn't happen. <laughs>
0: it's <was> a <the> soundstage. <laughs> yes. Test users of the Therac-25 complained that the plethora of commands that had to be inputted at the terminal took too long. So, AECL modified their software prior to its launch to involve a more copy-paste approach. Hmm. Huh. So, I, it was something like if, if the tech just pressed enter a few times, it would, like, auto-populate, basically, certain things. Anyway, um, if the operator enters a treatment that doesn't match the actual manual position of the setup that the technician completed, it would throw an error. And not allow the treatment to proceed. Uh, these errors were one of two types: one which required a complete system reset, and the other could be bypassed by pressing the P key. Like do you boom. do you go into the the numbering system they had for these errors? Oh, that the malfunction. Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, yes, I'm about to get to that. so. Um, Oh, so with the bypass, just pressing the letter P, you could do that up to five times and then it would shut down and require a whole reset. Anyway, there were other error messages that could display with the word malfunction followed by a number between 1 and 64, but nobody knew what any of these errors meant. They were not listed in the manual. They were not provided to technicians. They were never explained. The company, I think, didn't even have a list of them the i have highlighted an operator involved in one of the accidents testified that she had become insensitive to yes. machine malfunctions because it, like, it just happened all the yep. time and there's no explanation and you could bypass it so, so it was just like just whatever yeah mm-hmm. okay <laughs> that's exactly what it became a nuisance just a mm-hmm. nuisance to the operators and that was it and the service techs who had to like restart it but error 45 if it's error 44. Oh, 54. 54, yeah. I was just 50, making up a number. Malfunction 54. Yeah, oh. yeah, yep, which we will get to. Um, also, AECL reinforced to operators that the Theric 25 had so many safety features, it was virtually impossible to harm the patient. So they have uh, errors that they can just bypass and are like being constantly reinforced that this is perfectly safe. Don't worry about it, basically. Um, And this first fully integrated computerized Therac-25 began being commercially produced in 1982. Now, interestingly and perhaps fortunately, only 11 Therac-25s were installed. um, Six in Canada and five in the United States. And next week, tune in Mm. to hear what happens when software... Does not quite properly control radiation. And uh, trigger warning, it's really awful things that happen to yeah. individual people. Yeah. Mm. And is there anything you wanted to add about the software or anything in what we've already covered or down the road? Because we will talk about all the malfunctions. I learned that it was written in assembly language versus machine language. Machine language (laughs) is uh, where you kind of do number. It's uh, where the memory is stored by number. So it's all just a a stream of number code versus assembly language is meant to be sort of human readable. There would be things like set and jump.
1: So you could kind
0: of read that. Uh, like the commodore 64 was yep. an assembly language yep, yep. we keep talking about comedy six- yeah. commodore 64 <laughs> because we had one we growing up uh so i thought i learned that i thought that was really interesting so that's all okay yes
1: you're not gonna ask what i have to add to the
0: what do you have to add to the software conversation Absolutely what did nothing. you find in your research uh, none <laughs> <laughs> error malfunction yeah, error
1: the, 3 the, the E75 or whatever it was that came out.
0: malfunction 54
1: that's the one okay
0: <laughs> what do you think is going to happen
1: not good things uh we're gonna fry some people's skin burns mm-hmm. uh let's we'll get into it <laughs> All right, All I already right. have a good idea of what's gonna happen
0: gotcha alright you wanna take us out
1: take us out <laughs> All right, so that's how it's spelled. Okay. Yep.
0: All
1: right, so that was Therac 25, Episode 1, Better Living Through Computers, <laughs> otherwise known as OK Computer.
0: <laughs> well, there we go. That's nice. a better line. We'll call that <laughs> OK Computer. That's, that's it. Excellent. Well done.
1: This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David.
0: I'm Rachel. I'm Sarah.
1: We'll see you next week.
0: Bye.